Hey, how you doing? This is Wade with Wade for Wireless, and today I want to talk about the Citizens Broadband Radio Service, CBRS. That is basically 3.5 gigahertz. It's basically 3550 to 3700. It's a lot of spectrum. The FCC is going to release is lightly licensed, which is exciting, but there's more to it than that. And I'm talking about that and shared access plans because I think we really have an opportunity here to make this big, but it's a CBRS. But first, let me thank my sponsors. We have Tower Tracker Pro, closeout packages done right the first time. What they do basically, they have a software as a service that walks you through your closeout package one step at a time so that you can get it all done in one site visit. That's the key, one site visit. Then before they leave the site, they can upload it and have someone back at the office double check and make sure that everything's properly done. Make sure the pictures look good, they're nice and clear, and they're acceptable by the customer. That's the key. I want to thank Tower Safety and Instruction, towersafety.com. And what they do, they have all your tower safety training, which I know a lot of you that do tower work understand what that is. You know, first aid, CPR, tower training, tower rescue, time on the tower. But they also have drone training through on-manned experts who are the licensed drone pilots. And there's a lot more to it. You don't just take a drone up and fly it, although we'd like to. I also have TLBB, which is a little black box for streaming video from the internet onto your TV. It has an HDMI port. And what it is, you can download, well, you can actually watch streaming movies, music, TV shows, and things like that. TLBB, the link's in there. I also want to promote the Hubble Foundation as having a charity golf tournament, which is sponsored by the Insurance Office of America. And finally, I have all my books out there. Yep, I wrote a bunch of books. I wrote one on the Wireless Deployment Handbook. It's an ebook that covers CRAN, DAS, and small cell deployments. And it's basically there for you to understand the end-to-end deployment. So when you're writing your scope of work, which I also have scope of work training, that explains how to use a scope of work as your work contract. Basically, step-by-step what to put in it and how to protect yourself to make sure that you get paid for the change orders, which is the extra work you're going to do, and also make sure that you understand the job. So... The Wireless Deployment Handbook is Wireless Deployment End-to-End for Carrier Small Cell, CRAN, and DAS. CRAN is Centralized Radio Access Network. And if you buy the book, I hope you know what that means. But it's basically end-to-end so you understand the handoffs. Okay, let's get to business here. First off, CBRS, Citizens Broadband Radio Service. It's here in the States, okay? Now, 3.5 gig, I think it might be allocated worldwide. 3,500 to 3,700 was basically radar spectrum it was used mostly by the military but the military is not using a lot of it so they're going to release the 3550 to 3700 megahertz range it's going to be lightly licensed but the reason i'm excited about it they're not going to auction it well they are going to auction off part of it it's very confusing but most of it's going to be lightly licensed so you're going to have different layers of usage here now before i go any farther there's oems jumping on the bandwagon like ruckus nokia ip access They're really excited about it. Qualcomm and Intel are both excited about it. They want to make sure it gets into devices because this could be, the way I see it, a new way for the carriers to have common public shared system without using their spectrum. And why is that important? That means that basically you could hop on it like Wi-Fi, but I'm hoping it's going to be LTE, which is, you know, it's just easier for the device to stay on one format rather than LTE to Wi-Fi and so on. Plus, LTE hands off very well. I'm excited about it. So it's 3550 to 3700 megahertz. It's going to be 150 megahertz of spectrum, which is pretty awesome. Now, with that said, you aren't going to get a license, a swath of 150 megahertz. I don't know how they're going to break up the channels yet. But even if you can get 10, 20, 30 megahertz, 
get the spectrum, aggregate it together. That'd be pretty awesome. And it's called Authorized Shared Access, ASA, at least here in the USA. In Europe, they call it Licensed Shared Access, LSA. So it's currently going to be supported by Ruckus, who was just bought by Brocade. That's another story. IP Access, Google, Nokia, Qualcomm, and Intel. I have a YouTube link in there, just so you know. There was a meeting at the FCC where they have a roundtable where they're explaining the authorization process. thought you'd be interested in that. So, to carry on, the Spectrum would be openly available but it's going to be layered. So the federal government would get first dibs. And then there's authorized access, which is basically going to be some type of licensing where they have first di- where they have second dibs, let's say. And then you're going to have lightly licensed where anybody can get on and do a specific area. It's this supposedly is going to be done. What, what they're going to do with this spectrum is a few things. It's going to be used for small cells and it's going to be used for point to point. Now, it's a lot of spectrum. The point-to-point, I see great value in that. The small cells, I don't know how much you're going to use for outdoor, but I see it for indoor. But first, let's go over the three tiers that I talked about. Tier 1 incumbents. That's a government. Military, radar, they get dibs. There's probably going to be, you know, a license before talk type of thing. Uh, I'm sorry, I said license. A listen before talk type of thing in the radios. So it'll probably listen for the radar. And if you get on the FCC's website, which, again, the links are in my uh, blog at wade4wireless.com, and you can see it there. So, Tier 1 the incumbents who already have licenses. It's something to think about. There's fixed earth station receivers that have a few licenses, too. But the broadband licensed people will probably be transitioned to Tier 2 or Tier 3. But that's Tier 1, the licensed people. Tier 2 is priority access license. These will be licensed for a three-year term in 10 megahertz channels in the 3550 to 3650 spectrum. This could be used for offload, point-to-point, point-to-multipoint. Hey, when they say offload, they mean small cells. Okay, sorry, I should clarify. Point-to-point, point-to-multipoint, utility, enterprise, broadband, things like that. And if this is licensed, I see the carriers sucking it up because let's face it, I mean, to me, it's blatantly obvious the FCC favors the carriers. In the auction, how many people that have, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars can afford a license? That's all I'm saying. Just an observation. (laughs) Big fan of the FCC. I'm just saying, if I had 100 grand, I could buy very little spectrum. (laughs) Okay, let's move on. So that's what it would be, you know. I would like to say I'd see Google bidding on this. But seriously, what has Google done so far? They've done a lot of testing over a lot of different stuff, but they haven't committed anything to the auctions. I mean, there's a large company that just doesn't see the value in spending billions of dollars when they can just set up an MVNO, which they did, and it's just as easy. And they're probably farther ahead because they don't have to maintain anything. They basically just buy devices and maintain the connection. They might have a core. I don't know what they have. I never really looked into it. And then there's Tier 3, which is for all the people like you and me. Generalized, authorized access. That's where the users, new users like me, we could get smaller licenses with no interference protection. I know I'm stammering here because I'm trying to explain this in such a way that you understand, but... There's going to be a minimum of 80 megahertz and a maximum of 150 megahertz is going to be out there. License by rule could be used for small cells, campus systems, offload, wireless broadband, or backhaul. So get creative here. You could use it for almost anything. They left it pretty open. And this is a part that excites me because if you can just get some of these licenses and throw them out there, I mean, 
Think what you could do with it. You're probably going to have to co-locate with a lot of people because if you use it for backhaul, it's going to be point to point. But if you use it for a small cell, you know, it'll probably be indoors so you're protected. I look at this as what the small business owner is going to be able to use. That's what's exciting about it. So what's going on right now? It's not released yet, but the FCC is working with a group to get the input on the SAS and the ESC. So SAS is Spectrum access system and they're looking for administrators and how it's going to be handled and i have the youtube link in there the fcc put the video out on youtube of the meeting so you can see who's there and i'll get into that in a minute esc is environmental sensing capabilities and they're looking for ideas of how that's going to do that would be how the hardware operators i guess basically listen before talk is the way i see it maybe that's not it someone can explain it to me now I have the link for the video in there. It's 68 minutes long. If you want to watch a whole thing, that's fine. It sort of drags. But the reality is, in the beginning, they go through everybody that's there. And I tried to cover everyone that's there. It's it's interesting because it was hosted by the the FCC, obviously. It's hosted by the FCC. But in the FCC is a Wireless Telecommunications Bureau and the Office of Engineering and Technology, the WTB and the OET of the FCC. And the players at the table were Verizon, of course, AT&T, of course. I mean, those two big boys are everywhere. And CTIA is there, you know. So now, well, now we have all the major carriers covered, just pointing it out. So they're going to swing it their way. I know they say they won't, but let's face it. <laughs> they're going to do things that are in favor of them. But also, Amdocs was there. Federated Wireless was there. Google was sitting at the table. Google does quite a bit. And Wireless Innovation Forum, KeyBridge, ASRC, Federal, ComSearch, and a few more. I didn't see Nokia there. They seem to be very active in this. I didn't see them there. I didn't hear them announce themselves, so I don't know if Nokia was there. The Wireless Innovation Forum plays a big part in this. It seems like they have a committee, and they're still defining, hashing everything out. So if you want to see more, the FCC is requesting input, but it's almost done. The input will be done by April 15th, which... At the time of this recording is only a few days away, which is interesting because they actually did go for a response. I, I didn't really know about this, but I guess if you're with one of those groups, you would know exactly about this. And I guess what they want to do is decide who the SAS administrator is going to be, how that's going to work, work out details like that with the ESC and the SAS. That's their goal, I understand, for this response. And again, they're going to have more rounds. And they will take comments after the closing date. If you listen to the video, they will take comments after the closing date, but they're going to take the ones that get prior to the closing date with a higher priority. So I'm hoping this could be a neutral system, a neutral host system that we've been waiting for. It's going to be lightly licensed. Are we going to be able to do much with it? Well, indoor enterprise, things like that. Yeah, I could see you doing a lot more with it. I could see you doing a small LTE system with it and then maybe tying into a carrier somehow. And then, you know, maybe that would be the neutral host that we've all been waiting for because the carriers made it clear they don't want to pay for any more DAS systems than they have to, but yet they won't release the indoor small cells and anybody can put them in. So they're in a pickle and they made their own pickle be honest with you. I mean, all they'd have to do is come up with a way for uh, plug and play, which is out there, and also come up with a way to use the existing backhaul, which can be done. I know for a fact it can be done. They can plug it in, get it out there. But the problem is all these guys have their networks and their networks are their babies and they, they like to protect their babies. But when it's indoor wireless and they want to add customers, they have to get creative and they have to figure out how to let the integrators install these small cells for the enterprise without the carriers getting in the way. Right now, they're the roadblock. Whether they admit it or not, that's the way I see it. So I see something here where we could build systems, small systems, and get it out there. And I really hope it succeeds because this spectrum is amazing and they're going to open it up for a lot of people. 
To me, it's good for indoor. Now, if you think about it, if you're wondering, well, it's not six or 700 megahertz, that's really for outdoor, for bigger coverage areas. Indoor, look at Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is 5.8. And even Wi-Fi, they're shrinking coverage down because it gets overloaded in these public venues so quickly. So that's where this comes in. This is something where you want to actually be able to concentrate heavy loading. You have a lot of bandwidth. And you could do it on a lightly licensed band. So someone could not put the same thing in right beside you. At least that's how I see it. You know, it would be listen before talk. It would be somewhat protected. I see it as being a step up from LTEU because LTEU is still going to listen for Wi-Fi. And I don't know if you've ever been in a public venue with a lot of Wi-Fi, like a lot of different Wi-Fi access points by different people. It's a hassle. Now, if the same company owns all the Wi-Fi hotspots, then you're set because then, you know, they can control everything. But if you're in a venue, I don't have you ever been to an airport that has six different hotspots. You're looking at all of them on your phone and nothing seems to work very well. I'm just pointing it out. It might be better this way. I like anything that's lightly licensed. It just seems like it works better. Anyways, getting off point here. I love LTE. <laughs> and I see lightly licensed LTE is very exciting to me. The WISPs could use this. This is something where the WISPs could actually get a licensed frequency. They could use it for offloading. This would be something that would be more attractive to the carriers if they could build it up quickly. The cable companies could use this. They could, again, do offloading, and they could get an agreement with the carriers quicker than they did for their Wi-Fi. The other thing, I think it'll be in the devices soon because you have both Qualcomm and Intel looking into putting this in their chips, putting this spectrum in their chip. As soon as everything's finalized, you know, it'll be about a year, but as soon as everything's finalized, if Qualcomm and Intel are in on this, how exciting is that? Because they'll put it in the devices, and then we just have to tell the devices to listen. Devices have Wi-Fi that... You know, your smartphone is going to have a lot in it soon. Think about it. It's soon going to have Wi-Fi. It's soon going to have LTEU. It's soon going to have this 3.5 gig spectrum in every phone. So it's going to have 5.8, 3.5, along with all the license carriers. And Apple's already making the phones so they're open devices. So you can put them on any system, AT&T, Verizon Wireless, Sprint, T-Mobile. How cool is that? I mean, really, your device is going to be your device, which... The carriers are sort of happy about that because they're tired of maintaining devices. They, they get it, they throw it away, whatever. But now you can buy your own device on Amazon, put it on any carrier you want, whatever coverage is good there, but you can also roam on to other systems. So the good news is you can buy your own device. They ain't cheap. You'll see the iPhone's much more expensive than that monthly fee you pay with a carrier. But You will own your device. You can take it anywhere. All your stuff is on your device. And the way Apple has the iCloud set up and iTunes, iCloud and iTunes, you can put all your information there and you you own your information. Whereas before, when you're on a carrier, when you switch carriers, you had to figure out a way to move all your contacts over. But now, thanks to Google, thanks to Apple, thanks to who else is out there? I'm sure there's someone else out there. I'm just forgetting. Well, let's say Outlook. You sync with Outlook. So Microsoft, Google, and Apple really made it easier for us to sync everything. All right. If you want to learn more, the Wireless Innovation Forum has done a great job. They have a, they've actually been working on this for a while, and I have the PDF in there, the link to it. I have the link to the PDF, and I also have FCC definitions in there, all from the Wireless Innovation Forum. It's at wirelessinnovation.org, and I have the whole website in there. They have FCC definitions. They have the webinar, which is the PDF. I highly recommend you going in there and looking for it. You know, if you go and wade for wireless, just look for CBRS or Google wade for wireless CBRS. It'll pop up. 
It's pretty cool. A couple of my blogs will pop up. But I'm still trying to figure out how it's going to go because they still haven't finalized everything. I see this as probably competition for Wi-Fi. You know, Wi-Fi is getting faster. They have Wi-Fi gig now, which is what, AD, 802.11, AD is in Delta. So that's pretty cool. You know, now they have AC, they'll have AD. The thing about Wi-Fi is people say Wi-Fi is stable. I'm not saying it's not stable, but it's they say that if you put Wi-Fi in your set, but the problem is Wi-Fi is constantly outdating itself. Every year you have new devices. I mean, if you go somewhere, you might have a BG or an N device in. Now they have AC. You'll you'll start putting these AC devices in. Then they'll have AD. You just you can't keep up. And I'm not busting on Wi-Fi. LTE is the same way. The nice thing about LTE with the carriers anyway, they're constantly making updates. And it's all backwards compatible, just like Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi is backwards compatible. It's not like you won't have a device that doesn't work. I know I rambled on here, but I am excited because this is a brand new Spectrum. It's very exciting. I can't wait till it's released and we're actually using it. I mean, really, it's new broadband. It's new Spectrum. It's going to be open to almost anybody that makes a little bit of a commitment on the system. To me, that's very exciting. All right, everybody. Before I go, again, Hubble Foundation has their charity golf tournament. And also, don't forget, I have bundles out there on CellFi and Gumroad. I have the links in my blog. But I also, the scope of work tutorial, I want you to support the Hubble Foundation for the Fallen Climbers. I want you to support the Tower Family Foundation for Fallen Climbers. Those two organizations are just outstanding and they're beautiful because they really help people. I'll bring more stories on that very soon. I've just been, I've been swamped lately. been doing a lot of these shows. That takes up a lot of my time. All right, everyone. Be smart. Be safe. Pay attention to what you're doing. When you get complacent, that's when you get caught off guard, whether it's for safety or learning new technology. Be smart. See ya.